are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. It is a real privilege. I, I, when Lance called... And we hadn't, uh, I mean, Karen follows Lance on, uh, I don't know, it's Facebook, and I, I, don't, I don't get into that kind of stuff. I, I let my wife do that, and she gives me the report. So following all these people that we haven't seen in so many years, and so every now and then we see a videotape and something, uh, what's happening and how Lance is doing. And, and, uh, but, you know, you really never know how someone's doing until you get right there with them. And so when he called and he said, uh, Clark, listen, uh, you know, we have this special monthly thing and we have guest speakers that come in and would you come to Cold Lake, Alberta? And at first I thought, that doesn't sound like a resort area. <laughs> but, so, I, you know, seriously, I have to be honest. I was trying to think, is there, is there reasons, that, is there something, can I say No. And, uh, but you know what? I couldn't say no. I couldn't say no because Lance called. And there's a few of these guys around the country that way back in the days when uh, Karen and I were youth pastoring, man, what a trip we had. What a journey. And having guys like this in your youth group as, as one of your leaders. And, you know, and I, I got to be honest, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a clue. All I knew is that I loved Jesus. There was a passion. Man, I just loved God with everything that was in me. And my wife loved God. And, and we just wanted to just serve God in any capacity that we could. And, and whoever got around us, it seemed like that passion just kind of oozed out a little bit. And so as a result, years later, this is your pastor. And of course, getting to know Cindy and, and Hayward and Effie and and the kids, yeah, we're having a lot of fun over at the house. And Buddy, can't forget Buddy. See, I was, I was born in Newfoundland, but I was four when I left. But every now and then it comes out. How's you getting on there, Buddy? <laughs> Got to say that. All right, that's enough of a uh, little talking, reminiscing. I want to get to the Word. And uh, this morning I felt like what I wanted to share with you here in Cold Lake is the power of prayer, the power of prayer. And so I mentioned uh, to Pastor Lance, I said, that's what I feel like I, I want to share this morning. He goes, oh, wow, you know what, I just, I've been actually talking about uh, prayer over the last little while, and so I thought, well, then this is, this I think we're right on. How many believe there's power in prayer? Yeah, well, that's a good Christian answer, isn't it? Like, what are you going to say? You're all born, you know, most of you are born again believers. <laughs> hey, how many believers power in prayer? What are you going to say? No, I don't know. No, you're going to say yes. But if we really believe, genuinely believe that there's power in prayer, something happens when we pray, then why don't we pray more? I mean, it's a fair question. Why don't we pray more? I mean, you know, is there anybody in this, in this room that you go, oh, man, uh, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing I do too much of, that's pray. <laughs> man, 
I'm just praying all the time, like morning, noon, night, like every time I wake up, I go to bed. I'm just, I'm just too much prayer. There's just too much going on. See, none of us are like that. But there's other things that we're involved in that probably if we were to look at it, we'd go, oh, yeah, I'm probably doing too much of that. I, I, I need to cut back on that. You know, I, I'm probably too heavy in this area here. I should kind of ease back. But prayer is one of those things that just about every one of us would go, yeah, I should, I should be involved in prayer a little bit more. Yes, I believe. And hopefully by the time we're done here and in a few moments, you will feel like you want to reprioritize some things so that prayer will become a priority in your life. Because hopefully by the time we're done here in a few minutes, something is going to activate, energize in you where you're going to go, that is right. I'm, I've been reminded that something happens when I pray. And so why hold back on things? See, I want to be a part of something that happens, something that really works. And so I want to do more of that and less of other stuff. And so here we go, the power of prayer. All right, number one. Boy, I tell you what, this is going to be profound right here. Okay? The power of prayer, number one, is dependent, dependent on faith. I know some of you are going, wow, man, the lights really came on there. Seriously? Yeah. Dependent on faith. Okay? Here it is. Matthew 21, verse 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. How many believe that scripture? Yeah? Yeah, you believe that scripture? All right, well, don't raise your hand for this. Well, how many of you can say, oh, yeah, well, everything I ask for, whatever it is, man, it's happening all the time, every time, constantly. See, I know. Now, some of you are going, oh, yeah, okay, I believe that scripture. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. But I don't really see that all the time like I think it should. Okay, how about another one? James 5, 13 to 15. I won't read the entire scripture, but it says this. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Okay? Show of hands. How many believe that scripture? Yeah, now don't raise your hand if you don't believe it. Okay, yeah, and I believe that scripture too. All right, now don't raise your hand for this. Then how many of you say in the last week you saw, you offered the prayer of faith and you saw a sick person get well? Now there might be, you know, one or two scattered around, but most of us, including me, are like, uh, oh, Uh, no. You know, we can't, even, we can't count on one hand. Matter of fact, we probably can't even count how many prayers we offered in faith, let alone seeing sick people get well. It's, but, you know, we say a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, there's power in prayer, man. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. You believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. It's a scripture right there. And the, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And we'll go, yes, I believe that. And yet we don't offer the prayers. And I think it's time maybe that 
we begin to realize and understand that the scripture is true. What the word of God says is true. And if that's the case, maybe we need to start offering more prayers. Maybe we, you know, not, not wishing and hoping. You ever done that? Well, I, just, I hope that happens. I wish that took place. Man, I'll tell you what. Faith means that when you pray, you pray as if it is actually taking place. Something is taking place in the spirit realm. And so when you declare in Jesus' name, you understand that something is happening whether you can see it or not. Faith. It's dependent on faith. So we got to stop wishing and hoping, and, but actually believing that something is taking place. Okay, so it's dependent on faith. Uh, there's a story that goes like this, and I have to tell you that I wasn't there, I wasn't a part of this story. It was a long time ago when this story was told to me. I have no reason to believe that it's not true. The story goes like this, and it was in England. Young girl in England, it's a Christian girl going to school. And she had a friend, she, this wasn't a very close friend, it was kind of a casual acquaintance. She had a friend that had a very serious chronic back issue. Severe pain all the time. And the doctors have done everything, they've tested, they did everything they could, and finally they gave up and they said, there's nothing more we can do with you, you're just gonna have to suffer with this pain for the rest of your life. That's just the way it is. And so this girl comes to school one day and meets up with her Christian friend. And the Christian friend says, well, how you doing today? You know, like we all do. How you doing? And we all say, oh, good. <laughs> Liar. Right? There are times that we are just dying on the inside. Or we're, we've got some physical pain. And we go, oh, no, it's all good. No. Sometimes, you know, we just need to be honest. And so this girl said, it's, it's absolutely terrible. This is one of my worst days. I think I'm going to have to drop out of school. I can't take this pain anymore. And this Christian girl says, you know, you know that I go to church and I believe in God and I love Jesus, and, but I really believe that God can heal your back. Would you allow me to pray for you? And so that's where some of us stop right there. We don't even, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I, I, I don't want to, you know, all the, cram this religious stuff down. And I'll tell you, there's people that are surrounded, are surrounding you that are sitting beside you, that are working alongside of you, that are waiting for something that they've never had before. Sometimes that's the way it is, but we're holding back. We got the answer. We get the remedy, and we hold back because we don't want to offend. Well, anyway, in this particular case, would you mind if I prayed for you? And this girl said, sure. I mean, I've tried everything else. I don't know, I don't, don't know what else to do. She said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. She said, let's get out of the hallway. Let's go in the bathroom, you know, get away from people. And she said, look, I'm just going to lay my hand on your back. Now, this is a good thing to do when people, they don't go to church and they don't understand all this stuff. And, you know, sometimes I think we freak them out because we're doing stuff that we're so used to, they have no idea. She explains, I'm just going to lay my hand on the, the area of your back where the most pain is, and I'm just going to ask in Jesus' name. Is that okay? Oh, that's fine. She starts to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden the girl goes, oh, oh. And, and the Christian girl goes, oh, what, what's happening? She goes, well, when, uh, when, when, when you touched my back, there was a warm feeling that went all the way down through my back. <laughs> Keep praying. 
So she keeps praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, will you touch my friend's back and will you heal this in Jesus' name? And all of a sudden, this ungodly girl that knows nothing about church, religion, or anything, she absolutely flips out. Oh, oh, oh! And she runs out of the bathroom, down the hallway, and she's going, oh, man, oh, everybody, oh, Jesus is in the bathroom! (laughs) See? The problem is we didn't have time to take her to one of our seminaries, our Bible schools, and train her that, listen, when God touches you, this is the way, the proper way you should respond. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you begin to pray outside these walls and declare in faith, in Jesus' name, and something takes place, You will not have to tell anybody because the people that get touched will spread it everywhere. Well, as a result, the entire school got turned upside down. A whole pile of students came to Jesus all because someone dared to believe what the Bible says and stepped out on it. All right, dependent on faith. Number two, the power of prayer is unlimited to those who abide in Christ. Abiding in Christ, simply we're talking about relationship. Yeah, yeah, okay? So unlimited. Serious? Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, you, you know, blow the dust off the Bible once in a while. You know, you go to church occasionally whenever you feel like it. Oh, that's, that's an interesting concept. If I only went to church when I felt like it, <laughs> about half the time probably, right? And I'm a pastor. Man. There's times I get up, and if it wasn't for my wife, (laughs) you know, I uh, don't have to go today. Well, you should, you know, you're one of the pastors. You should really do it. All right. But I'm talking about walking and talking and breathing with Jesus. 24-7, day in and day out, you're having an ongoing relationship with him. If you've got that kind of relationship, well, here's what it says in John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Well, the condition there was if you remain in me. You know, we go wandering around, you know, oh, man, we're just loving Jesus and woo! And, you know, and then all of a sudden we see you next week and uh, you're not even sure if God's alive. <laughs> oh, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, no, not that kind of stuff. Man, we're talking about walking and talking with Jesus, having an ongoing relationship. If you remain in him, you have that kind of relationship, then things are going on. Okay, now you're saying, well, listen, I have that kind of relationship, and I, and I pray, and, and I believe. Man, I tell you what, I, we prayed, we fasted, and he still died. It didn't, it didn't happen like the, and see, and I, I don't pretend to know all of the answers. And neither should any of us here pretend to know all the answers. You know how it is? Someone comes to you and and they're talking to you and you feel like you have to have the answer for everything. Otherwise, they find that hole in this whole experience thing, this relationship, this this following Jesus. and, And then you're thinking, oh, I'm letting everybody down because I don't have the answer. Man, we don't have the answers. I'm not playing the role of God. And I don't understand why things happen. And I've seen miracle after miracle. And, and at other times, 
why it doesn't happen. I don't get it. Now, there's, there's a scripture of why certain things don't happen, and that's James 4, verse 2 to 3. You know, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have uh, what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. Well, there's one. That's pretty simple. You're saying, well, no, I really, you know, how many times have you, you just hoped something would happen, but you've never really prayed about it? And sometimes you need to get specific about it. Call it by name. Say the color. Get specific. And then it talks about motives. Oh, you, you don't have because, you know, you're, everything that you're, you're thinking about, you get wrong motives. And so the scripture is there. And so there's some of those reasons why things don't happen. But beyond that, your guess is as good as mine. Because if this thing could work every time, all the time, then we could just walk over to the hospital and empty it out, couldn't we? We could do that. But I don't know about you. I, I can't do that. I do know times when all of a sudden there's just like a, an anointing. Or there's, a, there's a healing. It's just flowing. It's like, man, it's just, everybody's getting touched and healed. And, and then there's other times when it's not the same. And man, I can't figure all that out. But I do know one thing. I trust God. And here's the thing. I'm never going to play the role of God. Our role is to pray and believe. And when I pray, I pray like every cancerous cell is shriveling up and dying. And all, all of a sudden, it doesn't happen the way that I think it should. Well, there's the number one problem right there. Whoever said who, that it's supposed to happen the way that I think it should. I'd rather it for all take place the way God has orchestrated it. Because he knows the time, he knows the hour, he knows the season, he knows what time, he knows the beginning from the end. He carved the mountains, shaped the valleys, he kind of hung the moon and stars in place. He owns it all, he created it all. So guess what? I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. And in my trusting, I'm just going to do what he told me to do. Pray and believe. Pray and believe. Man, because don't be walking, you know, and you say, well, but what about God's will? You know, like God's will comes into play. You, know, you just can't be praying. You can't be naming and claiming, blabbing and grabbing. You can't be doing all that stuff. It's got to be God's will. Oh, really? I think we ought to know God's will before any of this stuff takes place. Before you get into praying, get into his word. Understand God's plan, his desire, his will. God's will. You ever have those people in your church, you know, it's like all the time. Man, over the years, it's been like 30 years of, of full-time ministry, and so we'd be up around maybe praying for some people, and, and they'd come, oh, God, I just want to know what your will is for my life, oh, God. Just begging God. And I think there's times when God is going, time out, man, like, give me a break. Here we are begging God for something that he's desperately wanting to show us. I don't get it. But let me tell you something about the will of God. Now, here's the secret, okay? Here's the secret for knowing God's will. Get close. That, that's, a, that's a secret right there. Get close. When you're walking and talking and breathing with Jesus and you're getting closer and closer to God all the time, you're getting so close that you can hear his heartbeat. And I, I'm talking like day in and day out, all the time. You're in his word. You, like, like it's 24-7. Hey, you, you're just, you know, you're walking along and all of a sudden you're saying, God, I just love you today. You know, you're not waiting until you come to church on Sunday. 
It's every day all the time. And you're having that kind of relationship. Well, let me tell you something. You get close enough to God that you can hear his heartbeat. Well, you're not going to get up in the morning and then go, oh, oh what color socks should I put on? <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah, like if you go to the right, you're going, is, is that God's will? Oh, yeah, God's got you covered there. Well, if you go to the left, is, is, is that going to be, should I go this way? Yeah, that's all right. God has designed that for you today. Well, how about if I go back? Yeah, no, that's okay. God's got you there. How about, but if I go this way, is, is that, yes, he's got you covered. Because let me tell you something. You get that close to God and you have that kind of relationship, then what's going to happen is you're not going to worry about whether you're in God's will because God's will will chase you down the road. You will not be able to get away from it. So you know God's will because you're close to Him. Then you pray with faith. Don't go into a hospital room and say, well, brother, if it be the Lord's will, be healed. Well, that'll just raise him right off the bed. He'll just be so happy about that. You, you don't even know if it's God's will. I, I, like, I remember back, back in some days, you walk into a hospital, and I don't know who is, is telling me this, but someone came in and said, uh, well, yeah, it, it's almost like you could tell. Not sure if this is God's will. And the, whoever the patient was says, get out of my room. I need someone with faith here. I need someone with faith. Declaring in Jesus' name. And then allow God to do whatever he's going to do. All right. So, oh, and by the way, while we're talking about relationship, James uh, 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Well, haven't we got that backward in the church? Seriously, huh? You know how it is. You know, on a Sunday morning, we come dragging in. (laughs) Man, I'm so tired watching the game. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. You have an excuse this morning. But you know, what happens is on a Saturday night, we're out kind of hanging out, partying, doing all kinds of stuff. Man, and we're out late. And then all of a sudden, Sunday morning comes like, oh, wow, I'm so tired. Yeah. And the funny thing is that Saturday night always comes before Sunday morning. Oh, like it never changes. But it's always that way, right? But but we're okay. We stay out late and we come dragging in on Sunday morning. It's like, oh. And then the worship leader gets up there and you're going, man. You better sing the right songs today. Yeah, no, don't sing that stuff. That ain't going to do nothing for me. No. But if you sing that, oh, that'll just get me going. Yeah, I'm good for that. And so we're just waiting for the worship leader to kind of kick us into gear. And then when he's done, then the pastor gets up. Now, pastor, you better be good today. I'm a little tired. Oh, no, not like last week. Oh, that's just, you know, and that's what we do. We're waiting for something to move us. And I don't know what it is. We come in. And we're waiting for the moose bumps or the goose bumps or a truckload of God to be dumped on us before we'll ever enter in. And what God is saying, I've done everything I can for you. And now it's time for you to come near to me. And when you come near to me, oh, will I be there. I will come near to you. And what this ought to be, Sunday morning ought to be a celebration of the goodness of God all week long in your life. Because you've been in the Word all week. You've been worshiping God at home, around the kitchen, in the bedroom, wherever you are, at work. And when you come here, you're celebrating with the brothers and sisters. God's goodness. All right, so that's relationship. Now, you talk about powerful men in prayer. How about Elijah? Serious, fervent full of zeal. But the Bible says in James 5, verse 17 and 18, that Elijah was a man just like us. Just like us. Now this man who was just like us, 
He prays that it would not rain. And what happens? For three and a half years, it does not rain. That's pretty powerful. Three and a half years later, he prays that it would rain. What happens? <laughs> now listen, we're not talking about a day. Oh, that was just coincidence. Three and a half years. Try doing that. And he prays that it would rain, and it starts to rain. This same man, who is just like us, by the way, we see in another place in 1 Kings chapter 17 where there's a boy that's dead. And what he does, he stretches himself out on this boy. Let's, you don't want to be doing that today. That, I don't know, that's kind of weird. But here it is. If we believe what the Bible says, and he, three times, Lord, let this boy's life return. Well, the boy rises from the dead, presents him back to his mother. That's powerful. That's serious, fervent. This was a man, a prophet, full of zeal. All right. Then you got Jacob, who spends energy in prayer. So sometimes you want to be fervent. You want to be full of zeal. You got a passion, man. You just, you're going after it. But there's other times you need to spend a little energy. It's not like, uh, please, thank you. No. Jacob is wrestling with God in Genesis 32. And he's there and he's going, oh, whoa, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. So what does God do? Touches him on the hip. Oh, like I don't understand all that, but man, now he's dislocated his hip. And for the rest of his days, Jacob is walking around with a limp. He's thinking, "Uh, yeah, okay, I want to. I want to wrestle with God. He's going to start dislocating things. I don't know about that. But here's my kind of uh, take on things. I have a feeling that in those days when Jacob was walking around, he had this encounter with God. He's wrestling with God all through the night. And when God touches him and now he's limping around, I'm sure Uncle so-and-so was saying, oh, Jacob, I got a remedy for that. I know how to fix that. Here's what you do. And everybody had the idea of how he could get healed and fixed from this limp. But I got a feeling that everywhere Jacob went, he's going, no, nobody touches this. I'm okay with this. Because I got a feeling that was a constant reminder for the rest of his days. That's where God touched him. And so he's okay with that. And you know, some of us, I think we'd be okay with that because we don't care. God, whatever you need to do, if you need to crush me, break me, put me back together, whatever it is that you need to do, but I want to know your touch on my life. So Jacob spent energy. Maybe some of us need to spend some energy. And then you got Moses who spent some time. You ever spent some time? I don't mean, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm talking time. Deuteronomy 9, verse 18, talks about Moses prostrate before the Lord. Forty days and forty nights laying before God. What was he doing? He was interceding on behalf of the people. You see, man, you you ever read, like I, I read the Old Testament through, and especially when you read the Kings and Chronicles and all that sort of thing. Man, I tell you what, it just drives me nuts. And I can imagine how, how it was just, like, how did God feel about this? And this one, oh, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And then you turn the page, and then this one did good in the eyes of the Lord. And, and the people were serving God, and then they weren't serving God. And then they were serving God, and then they repented. Oh, man, it was on and on. And I'll tell you what, if I was God, they wouldn't be around. I'd just wipe them out. And God was getting ready to wipe them out. God said, I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm about to wipe them out. And here's Moses now, 
on his face, prostrate before God, 40 days and 40 nights, and he's going, no, God, for your namesake. He's interceding. You know what God's looking for in Cold Lake? He's looking for intercessors. He's looking for people, men and women of God, kids, teenagers, ones that will stand in the gap and on the one hand, push back the forces of hell. And on the other hand, see, this is an intercessor, someone who's standing in the gap. And on the other hand, saying, God, come and do everything that you ever want to do. Whatever you've planned, whatever you've designed, you do it in Cold Lake. Have your way in Jesus' name. God's looking for intercessors. He's looking for people who will spend time. And then, what about that last-minute call? The thief dying on the cross. Luke 23. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and there was a, a thief on either side, and, and the one guy saying, ah, man, if you're really who you say you are, like, what, help us out. And then the other, the other guy's going, shut up. Man, we deserve what we're getting. I'm kind of paraphrasing this, by the way, just in case. You know, if you're looking in the Bible, you go, really? Did they say that? Yes, yeah, similar, similar. We deserve it. But this man, has done nothing wrong, and here it comes. Here it comes. I don't know what kind of life that this thief had, but he deserved what he was getting, and he was on his way to hell. But in a moment of time, at the last instant, he says, Jesus, will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? And Jesus replied, today you will be with me in paradise. Man, it changed the course of his life. Destiny was changed in a moment of time. There's power in prayer. Now, I, everyone in this building, I know that you're going, man, I'll tell you what. Whew, I realize the power of Jesus because he can heal lepers according to Matthew 8. He can give distant healing. You don't have to be in this room. You don't even have to be in cold lake. You could be across the planet somewhere. Speak the word according to Luke 7. He can control demons according to Luke 8. He can raise the dead according to John 11. He can hold the believer. Romans 8 says that we can't ever be separated from the love of God. He can keep spiritual treasure. 2 Timothy 1, I know whom I have believed and I know that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Oh yeah, he can do that. And he can save completely according to Hebrews chapter 7. We're talking about Jesus, the son of the living God. Now, you remember when uh, when Jesus was around, all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they threw him on a cross. Well, first, they took the whip, and they had a special kind of whip. You know, had the metal pieces at the end, and, and as they would throw that whip down, and it would rip flesh from the bone, and his back looked like a piece of hamburger meat by the time it was over. And then they throw him on a cross. Not a, oh, they get, get the smooth one. We don't want any splinters. Are you kidding? piece of rugged old tree and they threw him down on that and they said now get the sterilized nails we don't want infection to set in rusty old spikes is what they gave him and they're driving me in his feet and his hands and they lift up the cross and then they let it drop in the hole and that was pretty terrible and all while this was happening he had this crown of thorns that was thrown on his head. And there wasn't little prickly things. No, these are big thorns that 
stuck into the skull. And Man, if you're any kind of medical personnel, you know that when something kind of pierces in and, and touches a little bit, then swelling takes place. And so his head must have swollen up like a water bucket. And he, he's hanging on the cross. And, and he's, as he's hanging there, and the demons, I'm sure, have gathered around by now. And they're going, oh, we got him. We got the Son of God right where we want him. People are wagging their heads and saying, ah, he could save others, but he can't save himself. Spitting on him and all this stuff was going on. But as he was hanging there, all of a sudden it got dark. It got dark, very dark. And the earth started to shake and the rocks, they say, were splitting open. And then he says, it is finished. And the veil, the curtain of the temple split in two, which represents now we have access to the Father for ourselves. And all this happened. And everybody thought it was over. But it was just the beginning. Because the Bible records that Jesus went into the bowels of the earth. He went into hell itself. And could you imagine what was happening there? He's walking through the corridors of hell. And he, you know, he could hear footsteps of the Son of God walking through hell. And the demons line the corridors are going, whoa, like what's going on? You know, we've never experienced this before. Like, did you hear that? And Jesus walks up to the devil himself and he says, yeah. Give me the keys. And he takes the keys of death and hell. And now, now we don't see a bloody Jesus hanging on a cross. But now we see a victorious one. The conqueror, the mighty one, the everlasting one, the one that has the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now he is the awesome one. Now, see, we all know that. And all authority was given to him because he took the keys. But guess what? He's given the keys to us. Now here's what it says in John 14, verse 12 to 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. There's the secret right there. Speaking the name of Jesus so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Why don't we pray more? <laughs> you know, for a lot of us, this is not new. This is a reminder. Why don't we pray more? Well, you know what? I, here's, here's my thinking. My understanding is that maybe, maybe we don't pray more because we have this feeling like God is going to do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it with or without us. So why should I bother? God's just going to do it. He's going to take care of it. That is not true. And that's a lie from the enemy. You say, well, what do you mean, Clark? Man, God can do whatever he, yes, he can. He's sovereign. He can do anything, anytime. But he chose to do it this way. He chose to do it through us, through you, through me. And so, yeah, I mean, guys like Elijah, the word of the Lord would come. This is what I'm getting ready to do. Well, why would Elijah have to pray about something God already said he was going to do? Because God was using Elijah. God wants to use us. He wants to use, okay, give you a little illustration. There's the law of the land, okay? The law of the land. Yeah, you got street signs, you got Speed limit signs. 
How many of us really follow those? Some of us go, oh, no, no, I would never break the speed limit. But, you know, like most of us, all of a sudden we're in a hurry. We just want to get there and we're looking around. <laughs> but the law of the land was here before you arrived. It was already here. Okay, so that law is here. God's law was here before you arrived too. God's plan, His desire for this area, this region. God has plans, and His plans, He had those before you were ever born. Okay. So the law of the land is here. And we're just cruising along, kind of doing whatever we want to do, and we don't, we don't pay attention. We just kind of get, and we're looking around, make sure there's no, you know, officers around. But, you know, if we're traveling down the road, and all of a sudden, the lights are flashing, sirens on, and it's an RCMP officer behind you, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, doesn't your heart skip a beat a little bit? But why would it? Because the law was here way before. But when that officer pulls up beside your vehicle and says, give me your driver's license, your registration, and we're like, oh, what's the difference here? The law was always here. And we don't get all, ooh, you know, afraid of the, of the law. But we get now a little heartbeat going because now someone is standing in front of us that has the authority to enforce the law. You get where I'm going? God's law was always here. God's plan, His design. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for law enforcement officers. He's looking for men and women of faith that will declare His purposes, His plans, that say God's will be done. His kingdom come in cold lake as it is in heaven. He's looking to use us. And if you hold back and say, ah, you know, somebody else will do it. You know, that's like, you know, Jesus gives us the keys. It's, it's like a parent giving the keys to his, say, his, uh, his son or a daughter for the first time. Hey, son, here, man, got the keys. Give him the keys. But never let him take the car for a spin. She's hanging on to the keys. Sometimes what we're doing is we're waving the word of God. Woo, I believe. Never really take the car for a spin, do we? The devil's laughing at us sometimes, you know what I mean? Laughing at us, yeah, you go ahead and believe all you want, but until you're ready to do something about it, I'm not afraid of you. Man, when you start speaking the name of Jesus, that's when all hell begins to break loose. When you realize the authority that you have in Jesus' name, that's when things begin to take place. And I don't, we're going to wrap up right now, and here's all I'm going to do. Some of you have heard this word right now, and by the way, tonight, come back tonight, because I've, I've got a word that I'm going to share with you, but the Lord woke me up about 3 o'clock in the morning the other night, and there's a couple of things that I specific to do with Cold Lake, okay? So, after hearing what you heard this morning and being reminded of the authority in Jesus' name. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happening right now in this moment that you need God to intervene, to do something. And God is saying, go ahead then and declare some things in Jesus' name. And if something is just speaking to you right now and there's something specific, I just want you to stand to your feet.
And we're not going to get into what it is and stuff like that, but you're, you're just going, man, I'll tell you what, faith, I don't know, something, something is happening, and I'm ready to declare in Jesus' name. Just go ahead and start doing it. And, and listen, and by the way, you have to speak, right? Because let me tell you something, when you're doing warfare, you, it just doesn't, I mean, demons can't read your thoughts, principalities, wickedness, and high places, things that have come against you and your family, they don't read your thoughts. God has only got that kind of stuff going on. But when you speak something out and you declare and you speak the name of Jesus, every demonic thing, every dark and wicked thing, I'll tell you what, they scatter when they hear the name of Jesus. So go ahead and speak the name of Jesus. And Father, I declare in Jesus' name, whatever it is that my brothers and sisters are facing, whatever it is that they're praying, whatever it is that they're declaring, in the name of Jesus, let it be as their faith is declaring in Jesus' name. Lord, for sons and daughters, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we're we're praying freedom and deliverance. We're praying that healings would begin to take place. Those things that have been held back and haven't, we're wondering why it isn't taking place, but right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare it to be so. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. Thank you for the miracle. Thank you for the financial blessing. Thank you for that touch of God on our body. Let that healing take place in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.